So I feel like when you surrender, especially to God, you really do get everything that you want. But your human mind tries to create it a certain way. And God has like a vision that maybe your human mind can't even comprehend because it's just so big and so powerful and so massive that you would have settled if you would have thought about it with just your mind. Hey, this is Junius, and welcome to Mind Bodega, a place to feed your mind. On this podcast, I'll be bringing you stories from people on the other side of their personal journey within who came out healed, happy, and whole. We have everything you need, and I hope you find what you're looking for. Relax and enjoy. What is the heart of a great bodega? El que está detrás del counter. The person behind the counter. Definitivamente, sí. This podcast is brought to you by NSTARS. For the latest news in Hollywood, follow NSTARS.com. E-N-S-T-A-R-Z.com. What's going on? Welcome. Today we have a wonderful guest, Brittany Hall. She's going to see her in an upcoming Apple TV show called Dear Edward. And we had a great conversation about releasing trauma and life. And she did this spiritual psychedelic experience called Bofu where she took the venom of a frog and it allowed her to see God. She tells me about her experience. We talk about humility, being humble and being nothing and how you're nothing creating something. It's a great conversation. But before we get into that, today I want to tell you how to protect your peace. This is a little code that I use to protect my own peace. And I can honestly say that since I did this, I have been happy. I've been mentally flourishing. I am downright thriving. I was at the store the other day and I was giddy. I was giddy buying uh, just an afternoon snack and some essential water. I was giddy. See, this weekend I went home to Elizabeth, New Jersey. That's the place that I was born at, the place that I was raised. I spent my foundation years here. Some people call them the formative years. I call these my foundation years. Elizabeth is the place that built me, that raised me, and sent me out into this world being a kid from Jersey. Back when I was a kid, we used to say things like, yo, you wildin', you wildin'. And for all essential purposes, I was a wild animal. Being back there brought all those feelings and emotions back. And, And it hasn't changed much. Elizabeth, New Jersey is still shaped the same. Then art, I didn't see any new buildings, any new additions to the city. A few buildings and stores had facelifts, but there wasn't much new growth in the city. When I lived there, I had absolutely no peace. And I realized that we are a collection of the things we do, the experiences we have, the things we go through, the people we allow close to us, the people we talk to, The food we eat. Because each time you do anything, a transformation occurs. Something happens to you. Especially when you do something big, you're either something gets added on to you or something gets taken away from you. You can lose and learn something new and get a piece added to who you are. Or you can win and leave everything on the field. I mean, that's where the saying comes from. You could win and lose a part of who you are. Life takes a toll on you every day day takes a toll on you every day so for that reason you have to be conscious about the things you do where you go have to be aware of everything but if you stay present during all those situations you can add and build to who you are that's how you protect your peace become better you can grow even in defeat even in dark times there's a saying i like i choose to light one candle rather than curse the darkness In a book I read, the Hakuin book on Kensho, it says to shine through it, shine through everything that hurts, shine through it. 
I was blessed enough to sit down with Oprah numerous times. And every time I'm in the same room with Oprah, she leaves me with a gift. When I was growing up, there was a poem by Paul Lawrence Dunbar, I think it was, called We Wear the Masks. We Wear the Masks That Bend and Break. And I'm because of the generation before me, uh, I have had the great fortune of not having to wear the mask. I never wear the mask. Mm. I actually get paid for being myself. Yeah. First time she told me, I get paid to be myself. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to get paid to be me. Second time she said, I'm always the light. I'm the light. One drop of light could erase the darkness. I think it's important to shine through things. You can't meet negative energy where it is. You have to rise above it. You have to transcend it. You have to be the light. And it only takes a little bit of light to banish the darkness. Mm. It takes a lot of darkness to overcome the light but it takes just a little bit of light. And we are warriors of the light. That's why I'm intentional about the things I do, intentional about the places I go to, because those places can change you. So you have to protect your peace. You're gonna experience things that will reshape you, reshape you physically, mentally, and emotionally. Maybe you'll go through a bad breakup. Maybe you'll lose a loved one. Someone might die, might lose a friend, or that colleague who's been gassing you up, your biggest cheerleader may no longer find it advantageous to cheer for you. And your ego will be hurt. Your ego needs that gas to survive. That's why they call it an inflated ego. Have to be conscious of, of when you're being gassed, of when your self-centered ego is driving your consciousness. You have to be aware. It is easy because the ego is a master of tricking you into thinking that the ego is you. You are not your thoughts. I say that all, you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are not real. When you realize this type of stuff, you can deflate your ego. When your cheerleader stops gassing you, you can deflate your ego. They were just gassing you anyway for their own purposes, their own circumstances. So don't worry about that. Because over the course of life, especially if you're successful, your ego will be driving you, driving your consciousness. But it's important to choose not to be ruled by those distortions of your ego. Super important. And you have the ability to choose not to let your ego drive. You're capable to reprogram yourself. You can retool all the things you learned during your formative years. You can upgrade your operating systems. You can rewrite your own code of conduct so that when conflict occurs, you have an operating system to ride on. That's how you protect your peace. When life decides to dump challenges on your lap, it seems like every time things are going, things are going perfect, life is like, uh-uh, no, 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 problems. Problems. You got problems. Nori Davis says math is the only class where you got problems. Life gives you problems too. Problems. But if you have a code of conduct, you have a system, a formula of how to deal with that. You can reprogram yourself. You can recode yourself so that when these things pop up, you have it in your DNA on how to handle it. You, you, you know it. It's your core. It's who you are. So this is how you protect your peace. You invest in your self-care routine. You do things for you. You block out the noise on social media. I had to clean up my timeline. I had to unfollow people who complain too much. I had to put things in my mind and my consciousness that improved me, that added to me rather than take away from who I am. I had to sit still and notice that my thoughts are not real. They come, they go. They come, they go. I just, I just watch them. That's a crazy thought. Ooh, that's... Mm. Those are a few things that worked for me. Some of them might work for you. Some of them might not work for you. But you need to write your own code. 
You need to get rid of the things that don't benefit your life and lifestyle and need to add the things that enhance to get you closer to where you want to be. Ask yourself, are you holding on to things that ultimately cause your destruction, fueling your own unhappiness, leaving you drained and exhausted? Please know that you have the ability to change the program operating in your body that is likely installed during your formative years, your foundation years. You have to make a code to protect your peace. Yeah. So that's what I want to say today. I hope that message hits you. Hope it, uh, hope you feel that message and I hope you take something positive away from that message. Before we start, I just want to let you guys know you're in for a great conversation. I'm going to be talking with Brittany Hall. Thank you for doing this podcast. Oh man. I'm so grateful you reached out. Oh man. I I saw that you went through a transformation. You had a rebirth and I was very interested to get to know this version of you Mm. because I know other versions of you. I don't even know if I truly know the last version of you yeah. before your rebirth, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm just excited to re, be reintroduced to you. So how are you how doing? That sounds. I'm amazing. I have no complaints in life. I'm just flowing and adjusting to, like, a lot of new changes. Um, being here in New York, just changes in the career, ele- a lot of elevation. And so learning to rest in it, like relax in it is like, I feel like my challenge right now, what I'm being tested is like, how much can you live in what you want, but then like, be like, not worrying about things going wrong. You can just relax. Yeah. In Hollywood, they call it, they call it an inciting incident. Mm -hmm. What was your inciting incident that sparked you to transform? I feel like I just been on a transformative evolution that's always been my journey but I feel like death of course makes it 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 gets it going in a different way um so my grandmother passed on January 10th and then after that I was really comfortable with who I was before and I loved myself but once my grandmother passed I couldn't get back to myself I was just like really I don't know if the word is lost but I guess I can use that word, lost. And so I wanted some relief. And I actually had someone reach out to me about having a dream about me that involved my grandmother. She didn't say it was my grandmother, but the way she described her, I was like, that's definitely my grandmother. And she was like, it's time to shift, which was the message that she sent through her. And I was just like, it is. So That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm so sorry for your loss, but... I'm glad that your grandmother gave you that message mm-hmm. through, through the ethos. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, I also dealt with a loss, too, a major loss. And that's one of the reasons why I changed everything. Uh, a lot of people don't even know this, but in June of 2019, I don't know, maybe it was going to Hawaii or Australia. My cousin had a stroke. Mm. He had multiple strokes. He had like 10 strokes, and they put him in a coma. I was like, all right, I'll see y'all later. I'm off to Hawaii. Came back. Saw his mother who would drive from North Carolina, sorry, South Carolina to Georgia every day to see her son. And when I came back, I didn't plan to share this. Wow. I came back. um, His mother told the nurse that she can talk to me and give me information. And the nurse told me that my cousin, my, my cousin, my cousin, I didn't have a dad. So my cousin was one of my fathers, essentially, my, who taught me how to be a man. So he's a vegetable. He's more than likely not coming back. Mm. There's a chance, but if even if he comes back, he'll never be the same. 
Long story short, his mother kept him on life support until, that was June till January of 2020. Drove down every day to see her son, every day to see her son, every day to see his son. I didn't stop at all. I kept going, mm-hmm. kept going. Gave my all to what I do. And the day my cousin died, I got laid off from my other job. Mm. As you know, death alone messes you up. Death causes a transformation. I didn't know what that transformation was for myself, but it definitely does spark that thing. When I was lost, I kept finding things and hearing things from the higher power, from the creator. What are some of the things that you heard other than that dream? What are some of the things that you heard that helped guide you to where you needed to be? Uh, Surrender. Um, I did the (laughs) Bufo ceremony and I was chanting the word surrender. And I feel like that has been my word this year. Um, I also feel like it has in a way like surrender has guided me to where I wanted to be, to where I needed to be, but just not in the way that I pictured it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you surrender, especially to God, you really do get everything that you want, but your human mind tries to create it a certain way. And God has like a vision that maybe your human mind can't even comprehend because it's no. just so big and so powerful and so massive that you would have settled if you would have thought about it with just your mind. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. I say there's a lot of parking spots on the road to success. Yeah. A lot of parking spots. And the parking spots are fine. Yeah. But that's not where you were supposed to park. You mentioned bu- Bufo? Yes. What is that? Um, it's a toad venom. <laughs> wow. It's a, uh, it's a toad venom. And it comes from a toad that stays on the ground for like 10 months. And then it comes up and they secrete the venom from the toad. And it, it contains pure DMT. <laughs> And uh, I had a friend who had the connection to a shaman who administers it through a ceremony. And she went in November and she wanted me to go for her birthday. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I started doing research and Mike Tyson talks about it a lot because he does it. And so um, when I was doing research, one of the things that stood out that he said was, if you like yourself, don't do this shit because you're going to change. And when I saw that, I was like, mm, actually, I fuck with me right now. So I didn't really want to do it then. So I chickened out, and she still did it. And then after my grandmother died, I was just, you know, lost and reaching out to the people I love. And she was one of them. And um, well, she is one of them. And she was, like, telling me about her experience. Now, granted, her experience was very different from what I actually experienced. But at the time, I thought I could handle it based on what she was telling me. And then... Randomly one day, I remember I was just having a really tough day of grieving, and I ended up texting the woman's information that she gave me. And usually she, you know, isn't available for, like, weeks on end. And ironically, she responded. She's like, I have an opening on Thursday Mm. um, if you want to do the ceremony. And I think it was, like, Sunday. And I was like, fuck it. (laughs) You know? Right in your moment of need, too. Yeah. So um, Thursday came, and... I was very, very ignorant to the power of this medicine, which I feel like was divine, actually, because I know I would have been too afraid had I known, actually, like, what it was capable of and what it does, Um, or if I've seen anyone, like, do it. 
I think I would have been like, nah, (laughs) you know? Um, But yeah, the medicine, it was about, I would say a 20 minute experience in total for the amount of time I was under the medicine, maybe 10. Time is kind of non-existent, Mm -hmm. but it definitely goes, it feels forever and goes by quick at the same time. Um, And a lot of it is extended after because you're processing life differently. Um, You see people different, you feel different about yourself and others around you especially after my experience, because I actually met God. So Mm. it was just like, it was no coming back to the world the same after that. What was that? Can you share that? That's that's very personal. Yeah. Um, Every time I talk about it, it's like very energetically charged. and I get full of emotion. Um, Humbling is always the word that comes to mind. Uh, Okay. If you look around this room right now, what takes up the most space? I would say probably say this table. No. Keep looking. The air? Energy. Mm. And that is God. Mm. So like any room you walk into, it's filled with energy. It's filled with God. And like if you just tap into that source, you always feel like protected and guided and humbled. And not only that, but... It's funny because in the presence of God, it's just like, it's really a presence. It wasn't a form. It wasn't a, it was a presence, and you know exactly what it is. Um, And within that presence, you, I realized I was nothing, which was very um, healing for me because, you know, you go through life where you feel like you're not good enough. And you think the answer is, well, I need to do more to prove that I'm good enough. When the answer is actually tearing off everything that matters and saying, no, you're actually nothing. You're nothing. And so with that realization, I feel like it made me not only feel extremely humbled, but also grateful for the power I have as a human being because I'm nothing creating everything. So it's just like that understanding coming back into this reality, it's this version of myself, but that understanding shifted so much of my life like that. Like, I feel like I have a magic wand these days. Yeah, the awakening is It's sudden. crazy. Like, yeah. in the day of my ceremony, an hour and a half after is when I found out I was moving to New York oh, wow. for, for a job. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so it's just like, it's been profoundly magical, profoundly powerful. Um, I can honestly say I'm not a God-fearing woman. God is my homie. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't fear God. That's not the relationship I have with God. Like, I met God. I understand the presence of God. I feel that presence every day. I know how to, like, tap into it and appreciate it. And I feel like if more people truly understood this, I think there wouldn't be as much suffering that we would have in the world because a lot of what we suffer and fight and create wars about is like none of it actually matters at all like we're all nothing there's no one who's greater than you or me or you there's no one like greater we're all really um moving through the world from our egos which we need that is insane that you say that because (laughs) you went through that experience and i went through this i got the same exact message Mm. and i was reading this book um 
called Code to the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakahani. Oh. And in it, he talks about the Ken show. It's about you got to hit rock bottom before you can skyrocket up, and that's your Satori. Your drop is the Ken show. Your rise is the Satori. The book's big, but it's maybe two paragraphs about that, but it spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ken show and Satori, what is this? I love this. Bought a book on Ken Show. Book made no sense. <laughs> book made no sense to me. Till I got to the part about you're not unique. You are not special. You're not nothing. That part clicked. Like I was reading this book, reading this book, struggling to get through it, and I'm just like, book makes no sense. I woke up one night, and it was I, I was at the page that I stopped reading it like a week ago, and I was like, it was like boom, boom, boom. I woke up, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. I'm not special. I'm not unique. Nothing is, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. It was like God said that directly to me. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And I got it. It's so true. Like, and I love walking through the world now when I meet people and I'll tell myself I'm nothing. And so because of that, I can just enjoy. Because sometimes I feel like you can't enjoy a person because you're so focused on you and what they might think of you and how they might feel about you. And you make everything so much about you that you miss the whole experience yeah. because you're so into yourself. And it's like when you walk around the world saying like, yo, I'm nothing. Like even how people take things out in you bounces off of you. You know what I mean? Like, and it's also like humbling because you feel as though what people see in you that is beautiful is just a reflection of themselves or what they choose to see. It's That's all it is. It's all it is. They don't know you. They don't know me we, at all. I, you barely know you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know myself, and I don't know if, like, that is what continuously drives me, but the minute I think I know myself, I'm always, like, reaching for a new version. So, like, it's this constant, I won't even say it's a chase in a sense, but it's a drive for yeah. sure, you know? Absolutely. I love that. I want to read you this part of this book to sort of see if it's similar to your message. And uh, the beauty of a podcast is that we can edit it. (laughs) Yeah. So it flows seamlessly. I love this. It says, it is not powerless itself that causes humiliation, but the shock experienced by my claim to be unique Mm. when it comes up against the reality of things. I am not humiliated because the world denied me, but because... I was unable to overcome this denial. The cause of my suffering never lies in the outside world. It is the result of the claim that I put out, which is broken against the wall of reality. I deceive myself when I say to the world has thrown itself against me and hurt me. It is I who have hurt myself. When I no longer claim uniqueness, nothing will ever hurt me. In short, I constantly defend myself against that which offers to save me. I fight inch by inch to protect the very source of my unhappiness. And that's the part of like, where I'm this, I'm that. You're nothing. You're nothing. You're trying to protect the reason why you are unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Not tell you it's so I'm so glad that I could sit here because you haven't you know done it, but I'm so glad that I can sit here with you and you can understand that because that is such I just feel like you have to reach for that that surrender to the concept, you know what I mean? And if you're not open, you don't get it. Mm-mm. There's people out there who will listen to this, who are hearing this, who don't. You're not, you're something, girl. No, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And I say this all the time, like if you scale back 
and again, I like to say we're all connected, and I say this a lot. He hears this a lot. Um, we're all connected. Like right now, if you take ten, you go back ten feet. We are just this room. Mm -hmm. There's three people in this room. You're a separate person. I'm a separate person. A separate person. But if you back out, we're this room. If you go across the street, you're, we're this building, which is many more people. If you back out in the plane, this is New York. Mm -hmm. If you back out into space, it is. It is the universe. It is Earth. And if you look at Earth, we're nothing. We're nothing and so powerful at the same at time. At the same time. And that's what is, like, it's humbling because you have to learn, like, when you understand and also respect yes. the concept of that, you utilize your power differently. Because mm -hmm. I, I truly believe after my experience, I realize that, yes, there is a God source, but then there are the the heavens and hells that we create and the demons that are that are our doing. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. our creation. And like that speaks to the magnitude of our power we can create and destroy, which isn't destroying a creation in itself, but it's a destructive one, right? Mm -hmm. And so like I just feel like understanding that, you don't play with your power after that. No, like you, you don't, don't play with it. At all. You know, I'm not here to play, and I just feel like we are all nothing, but at the same time, we're creating so much that matters, right? Yeah. But when we leave this place, we become nothing again, but what we created matters, and it's left behind. Yeah. For others to determine how it matters and what they want to create based on that, that's, I think, the human experience. Or a very important part of it, right? It's just like what matters is what we create. We're nothing creating everything. What do you think about the moment, right? You talk about rebirth too. I was listening to something. I think it was Sadhguru who was like, you were dead before you were born. Mm -hmm. You did not exist, so you were dead. You're here for this sliver of life, maybe 100 years, tops, 105 tops, 112 tops, if that's the 1% then you'll be dead for the rest of eternity. So during this short period of time that you're here, you have to create, you have to be happy, you have to love, you have to leave behind good energy. I love that thought. I'm curious, what do you think about that thought about utilizing the time that, you're, that you have while you're here? I think as much as we're living, we're dying every day and we don't even realize it. Like, I had a thought this morning while I was getting dressed and I was like, every day the day dies because you can't get back tomorrow. At all. Right? So, like, even when little things happen in our life, like a breakup or something, like, your reality changes after that, right? That's a certain type of death. Or, like, we go from adolescence to old. Like, there's a death there, right? So we experience more death in life than we realize or acknowledge, mm -hmm. right? And so I honestly believe we have two birthdays. We die in between. <laughs> oh, no, no, you messed me up right there. Explain that. Ex explain that. We have two birthdays and we die in between. We have two birthdays and we die in between. So, like, you're, the day you're born and the day that we consider oh. our death, which we're not dying, we're transforming into something that's our birth into another realm. Yeah. But in between that, we die so much. You will die a million times we'll die before a million they times you. before we're born again. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that a lot. That's amazing. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Would you recommend people do Bufo? Bufo? Absolutely, especially black people. Yeah. Why black like, people? Uh, because we have so much generational trauma we carry with us that we don't realize that we carry with us. Especially, I'm speaking for me personally. Like, 
when I did that ceremony, from head to toe, I felt the trauma within my body. And I had the awareness to realize not all this belongs to me. Mm. But I was carrying it. Yeah. And it, it was excruciating. And I don't know if it was, it felt like physical pain, but if it, I don't even know how to describe it. Some of this experience is, how do you put it into words? But from head to toe, I felt trauma and I also felt it leave me, mm. right? But from that experience, I had so much compassion for myself because I went 34 years with no acknowledgement of how much I was carrying. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, Ugh. And another thing, unconscious of it, and it was just like, wow, and I, it was my mother's trauma, and I felt it, you know what I mean? I had compassion for the people's trauma I, I had with me. And it, and I feel like I know for a fact it affected my mother unbeknownst to her. Yeah. But I feel the difference in her. And even like the first phone call we had after, it was just like part of that conversation I had, I looked at my phone and was like, and I don't, I mean, she didn't do the ceremony, but we're that deeply connected. And if I was had her trauma within me, maybe I freed a part of hers too. Yeah, You know, I had a friend ask me like, you know, you want to have kids? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, do you realize what you're doing for your children? And I didn't even think of that, you know? But the idea of that is just like, yes, because what this medicine does is it awakens all the trauma within you, all of it. And I think that's why it was so intense for me because what it awakens, you can't run from. Yeah. You can't. You got to face it and you got to release it. And I had an acting coach tell me once how trauma is stored, it is released, or how pain is stored, it is released. And that made sense to me after my ceremony because the pain releasing hurt. Mm. It hurt. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, I think you definitely did help release some of your mother's tension and trauma too. Because if you're holding a rope, if one person lets go of it, it gives it some slack mm -hmm. so if she lets go of it she can let go completely so it's no longer attached but if it's not attached enough you can sort of move with it a little bit better if mm -hmm. that makes sense you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. i and love that i would say another thing i learned was forgiveness because i looked at forgiveness differently after the ceremony because i realized in my life i was practicing forgiveness and non-forgiveness simultaneously so i wasn't practicing forgiveness a lot of people do because i was taking precedence over who to forgive like oh you're worth me forgiving no i can't forgive you because you did this or you know and after that everyone got a clean slate everyone including myself like yeah. any any and everything so it was just did God like tell you that to it, forgive um no it was just, the, I, I'm assuming the trauma, the patterns, the everything that I held on to attached to my ego that was forcing me not to forgive, I surrendered and let go of. And it was just like, none of that shit matters after that. Yeah. I forgive you. I try my best to forgive. and I, I forgive a lot of people in my mind. I forgive everybody in my mind for, some, for one reason or the other. Uh, but I keep telling myself, Forgive them like your father forgave you. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I've, I have to give grace in order for me to get grace. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like, people need to forgive. People need to people need to be allowed to grow. Um, but forgiveness is a, a clean slate. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm nothing. I'm fine with with it. I like to think that I am. I haven't been tested on some people. I I know I'd forgiven, and I have not told I forgave because we just don't talk. 
Um, but forgiveness is key to all happiness and to all growth. You have to forgive fully, mm-hmm. fully. Until you do, you will hold on to that trauma, hold on to that hurt, and it's not beneficial for no one. Yeah, yeah. It's for like not forgiving actually creates your own suffering. You suffer twice. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to say that. Yeah, because you suffer from the pain it was caused, and you continue to suffer because you mentally, mentally, mentally. You don't do that to yourself. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Saying it. I'm trying my best now to, like, stay in control of, like, my emotions. And I've been doing that through meditation, trying my best to strengthen my mind to not react, to think about the reaction rather than just to go. What you just said, to think about the reaction, is very important because, like, we don't realize that when we talk— we program feelings into us, feelings that we haven't thought about if we actually feel. We just say, well, I feel like, and yeah. it's just like, did you think about that before you programmed that feeling and accepted that that's actually how you feel? Or are you just like surrendering to like, cause your mind is gonna create a lot within itself. And every time you speak of it, cause there's so much power in the tongue and you say to yourself like, well, I feel like, I feel like shit. It's just like, do you really, or is just that a concept that you're surrendering to the idea so you're creating that? Do you yeah. know what I mean? We create our ideas all the time, but some are deadly. Yeah. Your ideas are also not real. Yeah. There's so <laughs> many ideas, ideas and so right? many thoughts, and people become slaves to their thoughts. And that's why you got to quiet the mind, the mm. monkey mind. If you sit down and you pay attention to it, it's thought, 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 thought. And you're like, whoa, whoa, I'm not none of that. I can, yeah. Don't attach yourself to that. So I like to, I like to do um, a meditation that goes, you breathe in, I am not the body. You breathe out, I am also not the mind. Just do that for like seven minutes. I am not my body. I am also not the mind. I am not my body. I'm also not the mind. Do that seven minutes. And then it's it's a um it's like two minutes of a um So let me ask um, you, what does your quiet mind sound like? I've been able so five hundred hours in. Um my mind right now is I, I'm in a nice control over. I like the control that I have over my mind. I just did a sound meditation uh with someone I plan to have on the show, Naveen, I think his name is. Um and I saw I was meditating and thoughts came in and I don't own those thoughts. I just let them pass. I see them. That's nice. That's interesting. Oh, that's that's weird. But you know, I don't I try not to label anything, but I just notice it, observe. I let it go. I'm I'm aware these thoughts aren't me. But as I'm doing that, my mind so I just focus on my breath and I'm able to completely right here on the tip of my nose just focus on on that. And that's all. That's all. Is there? I, sometimes I see colors. Mm-hmm. I see colors, and I got to a white. There was um, my eyes are closed right now. The lights are there, so I see a sort of red. But as I go through it, I see I see green. I see blues, and I got to a white. And what he said is, "That's your crown chakra. It's open up. Your top chakra is open up." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh wow, that's cool. I didn't know that." But it was like super cool to be able to do that for an hour now. So that's what I see. I just sort of I sort of see colors, and I'm able to when I, especially when I'm here. But when I'm out of line, it's hard for me. It's it's very noisy. Yeah. But but for the most part, and I've been doing it consistently, yeah. consistently. And I do I do at least thirty to forty five minutes in the morning. At night I do another thirty. Then I prayer. Then I do fifteen minutes of journaling, um, as well, day and night. Um, so that's how I've been sort of quieting and getting the sort of things out of my mind and sort of being in control of my emotions for the mm-hmm. most part. I did snap once, which I regret, but I was able to come right back, mm-hmm. come right back quick. So I was like, oh, okay, I, you know, I, I reacted. I definitely did, <laughs> but I was able to come right back like 10 minutes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was out of whack that day, but I was I was I was able to come back, and I was still was centered and not I was able to function. Yeah, which is before when I got mad, I couldn't do anything, anything. It's funny because like after the ceremony, I feel like meditation was just a completely different experience for me. Um, because the moment I met God, it was dark. Hmm. It was the way I can remember. Um, it was almost like there's a being in space is dark, the darkest darkness, but there's light there. I don't know how to explain this light. I get it perfectly. I know but, exactly what you're talking about. And so what's funny is after my ceremony, I found myself in anywhere. I could be on set or like in a cafe. I would sit and close my eyes because it reminds me of the moment I met God. Mm. So now when I think about meditation in that way, I'm like, huh. Okay, because now I'm like, that's what you're, you're getting to, sitting with God. Mm. Yeah, I like to imagine that I'm <laughs> at the feet of God. Yeah. At the, just sitting there. Just sitting with God. And it, it. it looks very similar to how it looks when your eyes are closed. Mm. It's just a little, lot darker, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I feel like that's why I came to see meditation differently, because when I closed my eyes, I was like, oh, I'm getting closer to that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with me. Of course, this is amazing. Um, I, I, I want to keep you too long, as I know we have a lot of stuff to go over, but I just want to thank you for coming through to this episode of Mind Bodega. Yes. I appreciate you, and I love the fact that you shared your story with us. Thank you. I appreciate you. I'm, gra I'm grateful this came full circle. Me too. This was like a, such a different conversation from the one we had before. But oh, my God. Like, it was the worst conversation. Please don't talk about it. Okay. But it this is a beautiful one, and I'm yeah. glad that, like, you gave me the opportunity to do this, so thank you. I'm glad you came too. I, and I, I would like to apologize for our Why? first conversation, just because we both were in a crazy place, and I know I was in a horrible place. I was egotistical. I was insecure. I didn't know who the fuck I was. I was too. Yeah, I know we all were. It's like <laughs> we're just when you realize how many people are just lost beings trying to figure themselves out, and I want to appear to be this. What did I say? holding on to the source of your unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely, and I written, I realized that. And along the way, you hurt a lot of people, intentionally and unintentionally. You hurt a lot of people. It's something that you have to deal with, you have to fix, you have to grow. You I have think to get the unintentional is what's the hardest for us to forgive ourselves for, when we yeah. unintentionally create pain and chaos because it's just like, ugh. But I also realized like, you know, you're nothing doing your best. <laughs> you're just nothing doing your best like you didn't you don't have this whole life thing figured out and you know I'm 34 years old and when I think about my 20 year old self I just I'm just like you didn't know any better at all and I there's still so much I don't know like there's still so much of life I haven't experienced you know Mike Tyson said um death is our highest potential wow and i understand that because in in life no matter what kind of human being you are or who you are we all have one thing in common we are born and then we transition that's it like we all have that in common so when he was like you know death is our highest potential it's like isn't it though because that's where we're all headed yeah no one yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're all headed there. We're all I, headed. I love new Mike Tyson, too. Oh, I want to just have a conversation with him so bad. Like, I really am Absolutely. manifesting that. You will. You will. Yeah. Mike is the, he's like, just hearing him talk about, yo, he's so, he's, he's lived. 
He's lived and he was allowed to grow. Exactly. We have to give people room to grow and to yeah. transform who, they, who they're supposed to be and live in their energy. Mm-hmm. Do you think meditation is the way through that? It's a way to live in your energy? I think, like, just presence, like, being present. And I feel like meditation, I think there's actually many forms of meditation. Like, if you're drawing, if you're playing a guitar, like, those things are meditative because they're keeping you present, right? And so, like, little things like rushing is the opposite of meditation, right? And so, like, rushing doesn't keep you aligned with your energy. You're creating, like, a different kind of energy that's actually not controlled yeah you know so i feel like if people want to control themselves more and be in alignment with energy that they are in control of then yes meditation yeah. for sure yeah i think that i think meditation and the constant quest quest for knowledge i think our goals on earth is to learn as much as possible. I don't think it's for fun. I don't think it's to go to Cancun or Miami. I think our goals in life is just to learn as mm-hmm. much as you possibly can, witness as much as you possibly can, and then be salt. Mm. Like salt is it's influential. Like too much salt is a bad thing. It is. But you put salt on stuff to enhance what's already there that's being present. You never hear someone, this salt tastes beefy. Mm-hmm. This beef is salty. Mm-hmm. You want to infect and be salt and influence what's around you and enhance what's around you the right amount. So I think learning and experiencing that, like I was 28, I haven't been anywhere. I was a 28-year-old who only has been to Jersey and Atlanta. That's it. Yeah. I started my journey at 28 years old. I started mine in 30. I didn't go out the country till 30. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I think everything happened on time. Like, in my life, everything feels very divinely timed. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't meant to happen before or after. I wasn't, I don't know, I just feel like even my evolution and, you know, where I am today, I'm just grateful to be here. But had it happened the way I wanted it to happen, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Same, same. Because got to go through I'm still growing and I love who I am growing into and witnessing and becoming I'm broken but that I became whole mm-hmm. in that break mm-hmm. it's beautiful I love it it's flow it's flow yes. it's flow it's fluid flow. Flow. yeah never the same yes thank you so yeah, much thank you man this is great all right, so look, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode of Mind Bodega. We have new episodes every Tuesday. And look, I want to do something called the penny theory. There's this old theory that if you have a penny and you double it every day before 30 days, you'll have a million dollars, actually about $5 million. So what I would like for you guys to do is just share this podcast with one friend. If you listen to this podcast this long, you liked what you heard. So do me a favor, share it with one friend. And if that friend listens and likes it and shares it with another friend, at the end of 30 days, we'll have about 5 million listeners. So I hope you can do me that favor. Thank you very much. And also, if you want, follow me on Mind Bodega. Take care. See you later. Peace.